It's time now for Minds Over Matter, the Bay Area's favorite quiz show. Today, moderator Dana Rodriguez is joined by two panelists, technical editor Kira Pace and educator Laurie Fisher. And now, here's your host, Dana Rodriguez. Thank you very much, Joanne, and welcome everybody to Minds Over Matter. Hope you're having a lovely Saturday morning. It's uh, going to rain soon, but you're here with us now, and we'll keep you safe. So Minds Over Matter is an audience participation quiz program, so that's what we are looking for, and we really are looking for that. We want to have your call in as soon No, wrong show. We want to have your call as soon as possible uh, because uh, we want to be able to answer it. So those two numbers are area code 415-841-4134. Again, that's area code 415-841-4134. Or toll-free, yes, we still have a toll-free number, 866-798-8255. Again, that is 866-798-8255. And as I said before, and we'll say again, this is a good time to call in. We want to hear from you um, so please give us a call as soon as you can. You'll be hearing some of our questions momentarily. And, um, let's see, let me give you some other information here. First of all, our email address is mindsovermatter1 at gmail.com. So that is M-I-N-D-S-O-V-E-R-M-A-T-T-E-R-1. That's the numeral one, mindsovermatter1 at gmail.com. So you can send us an email during the show if you would like to contact us instead of calling. We prefer you call, actually, because we like to hear your voice. But if you want to send an email, that is okay. Uh, and uh, if you'd like to hear us in live stream, that is at kalw.org. And of course, the podcast should be up in a reasonable amount of time after our show today. Uh, again, those two numbers are area code 415 8414134 or toll free 8667988255 again so we have lines open right now please give us a call we want to hear from you and something i kept it's, it's been slipping my mind for the last couple of weeks there was an email to kira um a little bit ago a couple of weeks ago actually and in which they asked or or sort of sort of asked if um, I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact word, but if you consider you have any sort of Michigander accent, do you have a Michigander accent? Uh, not at all. I, I do not. Uh, I think uh, I have a little bit of a speech impediment that uh, makes certain vowel sounds hard for me to say against other letters. Um, and I have I typically hear Canadian as a, a possibility for my accent, which it's not. It's just. It's a minor speech impediment, uh, but I definitely do not have the Michigander accent. My uh, my in-laws have that, and uh, occasionally my husband uh, with certain words uh, and uh, totally different, totally different critter. The uh, the Michigander accent. Give us give us a word, a Michigander accent word. Uh, a calendar, garbage <laughs> curds. Uh, and, and adding an S to everything. We um, in in Michigan, there is a, a store called Meyer. It's basically like a, a Target. And uh, my mother in law, who uh, has the full Michigander accent, 
has not only turned it into Myers, but she's turned it into Myers's two S's. <laughs> That's how many S's she's added on. And that to nice. me <laughs> is quintessential. Okay. Oh, thank you. That's excellent. that's good. That's, that's a very good. that's a very in depth answer. Thank you. That's excellent. And uh, all right, uh, but I'm sorry. Now is the time for our introductions. And Kira Pace says you're soaking in it. That's I all there is, Lori. <laughs> yeah, it worked for Palmolive. Lori Fisher is so pleased that. With both the screenwriters and SAG after strikes finally over, he's been able to hire someone to write today's questions and someone else to play him on the show today. He's not saying it's Aaron Sorkin and Brad Pitt, but he isn't saying it isn't. Are you not saying it isn't because you didn't write the intro? Someone else is saying it isn't. Oh, you're silent, Laurie. I can't say. <laughs> Let's just say I won't say it. I will keep my mic on. Hey, our moderator, Dana Rodriguez, has yet to win a race, being slow and steady. Yeah, that's a big lie. Anyway, <laughs> uh, all right. We'll begin the questioning with Kira Pace. All right. Uh, I am going to give you a uh, – so I'm going to move this mic a little so I'm not bent over. There we go. Uh, I'll give you a lesser-known book by an author. And I want you to tell me the Pulitzer Prize winning book by the same author. Um, and all the authors that I'm going to give you, they won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction. With, uh, but not for this book, for the one that you're right, going to write. Not for the one okay. I give you, for a different book. You tell all me right. that book. Um, okay. And, you know, you can also identify the author, but you don't have to. You don't have to take that step. Uh, so here we go. Uh, prepare to write. The first novel, and I'll do these in a chronological order, make things a little easier. The first novel is Don't Stop the Carnival. Don't Stop the Carnival. The second novel is The Torrents of Spring. The Torrents of Spring. The third novel is Go Set a Watchman. And when I said chronological, uh, for those of you who... Uh, have just perked up. Uh, I, I mean, chronological as to when they won the Pulitzer Prize. Um, so Go Set a Watchman is number three. Number four is Dangling Man. Dangling Man. Number five is Sula, and that is spelled S-U-L-A. Number six is Accordion Crimes. Accordion like the instrument. Crimes. Number seven is Gentleman on the Road. Gentleman on the Road. Number eight is The Marriage Plot. And the last one, Apex, that's A-P-E-X, Apex Hides the Hurt. So quickly, Don't Stop the Carnival, The Torrents of Spring, Go Set a Watchman, Dangling Man, Sula, According Crimes, Gentleman of the Road, the Marriage Plot, and Apex Hides the Hurt. Those are all uh, books written by famous uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning authors. Please tell me the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel that they wrote. All right, Laurie. Well, Dana, you want a couple? I, I think I know three or four. So you you take a couple if you want. Um, okay. Well, to my surprise, I do know Apex Hides the Hurt because that's Colson Whitehead. So, which so do you, 
It's not. What do you write? Oh, you, you, she needs the book that he won for. Oh, uh, what is it? The Underground Railroad? Is that? Uh... Colton Whitehead's the person on this list that you could have given two answers for. Yeah, right. Yeah. Laura, you know the other one? Um, the Something Boys. Is that it? Uh, the Nickel Boys. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So Underground Railroad or the Nickel Boys. He won in 2017 okay. and in 2020. Nice. Um, let's see. The Could you go over the, the first? What was the first two? What was the first one? I'm sorry if you don't know. Don't mind Stop the Carnival and That's, the, uh, um, the first one is um, Herman Wook. Um, that's Don't Stop the Carnival, right? And Herman <laughs> Wook would have won four. Uh, the Kane Mutiny Court Marshal. The Kane Or the Kane Mutiny. Kane yeah. Mutiny. Yep, yep, 1952. And then the Torrance of Spring, I'm sure Laurie knew this too. Um, that's that's Hemingway. Okay. Um, so. What's the book? Yeah, he won for, is it For Whom the Bell Tolls? I don't um, think so. No. Um, I, I think it's The Old Man in the Sea. Nice tag team effort. That, it was, was it that the long? Okay, so we yeah. didn't win for that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, there we go. Joanne got one. I'm pretty, I had this one. Go set a watchman is Harper Lee writing To Kill a Mockingbird. So nice. Joanne about for that. All correct. I think, the others I'm less certain about, I think The Angling Man is Ralph Ellison and he wrote The Invisible Man. Is that right? No. Okay. That one is incorrect. Dangling Man? Yeah. No, I right. don't know that. And then Sula, I think that's Toni Morrison. Yeah, you're right. Is that actually right. one for Beloved? That is correct. Okay. 1988, one for Beloved. Okay. So that leaves us with four, which I'm happy to leave to the audience. Unless, Lori, did you have any more? Well, let's leave the rest of that. Yeah, yeah maybe, but let's, let's leave the rest out. It's a good list. Remind the audience what you have left. Here. Okay. So the ones we have left are Dangling Man, Accordion Crimes, Gentlemen of the Road and The Marriage Plot. Again, these are all lesser known works by people who have won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction. So you need to call in with the book that they won the Pulitzer Prize for. All right. Fair enough. And then, Laurie, your turn. All right. Well, I wanted to ask a question that had something to do with Veterans Day, Armistice Day. And here's my question. According to my reading of who has won the Academy Award for Best Actor, six, maybe seven, depending on how you count them, people, men have won the Best Actor Award for playing someone in the military, either currently in the military or a veteran in which their being in the military is significant. I want to know who those six people are who won Best Actor for being uh, either veterans or in the military. And if they're veterans, it's not incidental to the to their work. And give you maybe one or two of each. Well, Forrest Gump spent some time in the military. So does yeah. Tom Hanks count for his Forrest Gump best actor? He's the reason I said it's incidental. So you can give yourself a bell he did, <coughs> but I think it's more incidental. No, I don't think that was particularly incidental. His entire shrimp career from the army. Oh, that's oh, right. There is oh. a real life chain of bubblegum shrimps that gave us Chris Pratt, who was a waiter at Bubblegum Shrimp and discovered by uh, by Radon Chong. Like that just layers upon layers of importance of Forrest Gump's military activity. I think well, knows the whole backstory. She does. And I'd say I'm not convinced. <laughs> I want my bell. Give, 
Give her a bell anyway. All right. I agree. No, so I, that, I, I agree with Kira. This is, right. that was more than incidental. Okay. I all would right. say. So now we're at the seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Give, give you a one or two more each. Uh, all right. Sergeant York, obviously. And who's that? Gary Cooper. Correct. 1941. That's a very more traditional one. Very good. And, uh, let's see. My goodness. I got to think about that. Terry, you got another? No. And you said these are all best actor, right? Correct. Okay. And and there's a whole bunch that didn't win. And there's a whole bunch of, I was going to do supporting actors, but I think there's even more. So just sticking with best actor. Um, no, no, he didn't win for that. Don't mind me. I have nothing. Okay. David got one more. Well, uh, hmm. so how far back are we going, Lori? Well, it's the entire, I, I think anybody in the history of it, it starts. No, I mean, uh, what's the win? You're only looking for the winners, correct? Correct. correct. All right. Only so winners. how far back are we going? It goes back to the, the one you got is the first one who won for that. Oh, okay. That's the first one, huh? Yeah, not, that was 1940. Oh, well, um, yes. Well, Frederick March in The Best Years of Our Lives. That's correct. Uh, Very good. 1946. Wonderful yeah. Yes. And that's the one where he's a veteran who comes home. So great. Movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But he's actually in uniform at the beginning of the movie. That's right. So. Oh, that's right. It is. Anyways, uh-huh. So we have Gary Cooper, Frederick March, and Tom Hanks, of course. And we'll leave the rest out there for the audience. Okay. Unless you have All right. Off. Okay, good. And let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hi, this is Rita in San Francisco. Hi, Rita. Hey, um, I've got, uh, uh, I'm going to give you the names of five different types of lines, as in L-I-N-E-S, and I want you to tell me which one does not belong with the rest of them. These are lines? Line, L-I-N-E. As okay. in Nancy E.S. So the five of them are the Siegfried line, huh. Lay okay. lines, Nazca lines, Mendoza line, and the Maginot line. Which <laughs> one does not belong? Well, of course, the Siegfried and the Maginot line were military uh, lines, um, Siegfried in World War One and the Maginot in beginning of World War Two, right? Um, so, yeah, the only uh, one I don't recognize is Mendoza. Do okay. you know what that I, is? I, know, I know the Mendoza line. Oh, okay, that? go ahead. The Mendoza is line is a batting average in baseball below which your batting average stinks, and I, I think it's like one eighty nine or something like that. So that might, if the, if the first, I think that days, must be the one. That must be the one. Is that it? it? You are absolutely correct. And it's actually a 200 batting average. 200. But Fair enough. do any of you know what L E Y lines or N A Z C A lines are? Yeah, they're basically, I, they're used in like, I, I want to say like Wicca, uh, those, uh, sorts, uh, like Celtic religions. Um, they have to do with, uh, earth energy fields. Uh, the ley line, yes, it's imaginary and it supposedly connects global sacred sites. Oh. But the Nazca, N-A-Z-C-A, 
Oh, yeah. Those are the lines in South America in, um, shoot, which country? Now I don't remember. I remember uh, there were some, was it? Anyway, uh, they're they're giant land works. They're works of art. Uh, oh, are you talking about the like in the what is it? The Chilean desert, or it's not? Maybe that's that. Maybe that's the wrong country. But but where you, there are giant outlines of what looks like an insect or yes, something and, the, like and man right. and stuff like right. that. Okay, yeah. And I want to say it was like there were there have been like tourists who go in and they walk all over it, even though they're <laughs> not allowed. And so some have been destroyed. I think one was destroyed by like Greenpeace or something during a protest. Eh. Yeah, that's correct. They're called geoglyphs and they're in Peru, in the uh-huh. desert area of Peru. Okay. So, okay, I have one more question for you. And this has absolutely nothing to do with lines. And within two years of a spouse's death, uh, what percentage of men, what percentage of women are either remarried or in a serious relationship? Oh, my husband's listening to this right now. Yeah. Um, I think men tend to have a pretty high percentage of, uh, of, of getting into a new significant relationship. So I'm going to guess something really high, like 80% of men. It's a little high. But you're oh, sure yeah, on the right track. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kira has a dim view of men. Uh, this, <laughs> well, maybe not. Six, maybe, maybe 55, 60. Very good. Oh. It's 61%. You get a bell. And then the women is going to be lower because all the men are dead. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think it's lower. I got to go with 40% of women remarrying. Even lower. Okay. I'll go with 25. Um, that's close enough. It's actually 19%. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So big that's difference. 61% for men and 19% for women. Well, Was this much. inspired by the Golden Bachelor by any chance? <laughs> no. No, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> okay. Not. Well, thank you so much. I just love the program. Take care. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Good call. Thank you. And you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We are here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Hope you're enjoying the show. We certainly enjoy hearing from you. Uh, We do hope you will give us a call and with a question or answer. Those two numbers are area code 415-841-4134 or toll free 866-798-8255. Let me see here. Uh, Michael is um, suggests the George C. Scott winning for Patton, even though we did turn it down. But I think that still counts. It uh, he is a uh, somebody who won an Oscar for uh, yes, playing a soldier. Nineteen seventy, very good, Michael. And um, Peter said, "Paul, excuse me, Paul said the same thing." And uh, Eddie mentioned uh, Ghost Set a Watchman, which I, did we get an answer for that? I think we, did. we did. That was okay. To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper. All right. Lee. That was Harper. Oh, Joanne Eddie is that. also correct. Yeah. Yes. Eddie gets a bell. Good point. Okay. Good job on that. All right. Let's see here. Let me give you a couple of questions. Uh, this first one you may get very quickly or not. No. Um, I'll keep you all my options open. What is the smartest cold blooded creature on earth? 
Don't say Trump because that wouldn't be true. Uh, this is measured. Uh, how do they measure animal smartness? Oh, so some well, scale? they're different tests, yeah, okay. I suppose. Uh, well, I never know. They always talk about that. Okay. Cold-blooded. They ask them. I don't know. <laughs> they do give, um, them, give them a math problem. Yeah. What is the smartest cold-blooded creature on Earth? I'm embarrassed to admit I don't know the... Uh, I mean, I guess... No, they must be warm-blooded. Okay. Don't mind me. What was your... No, I, maybe well, I can no, no, I actually I wasn't thinking? really sure what uh, sea creatures... I guess they they must be warm-blooded, though. Well, is cold well I, you know, whale... Was, a whale or a dolphin are warm-blooded, but but uh, other sea creatures would be cold-blooded. Okay, well then I will. Oh, I guess probably like the uh, crabs and whatnot. Uh, I was going to guess octopus because they are very very smart. Well, you would be right. Octopus oh, is yes. Nice Octopi, octopus. Yes, that octopus, is octopuses, octopod maybe. <laughs> All, All right. Good work. Right. Uh, very good. Octopus is the considered the smartest cold-blooded creature on Earth. Very good. All right. Move on to something else. Hmm. What famous park, and it's not a national park, but it is a famous park it's in the United States. What famous park in the United States was open 100 years to the day from Lincoln's assassination? Hmm. What famous park, it is not a national park, but it is a famous park was open 100 years to the day from Lincoln's assassination. Is that a relevant fact or just a coincidence? It is a relevant fact. So is it... So here's a question for you, Kara. Can a building or, or a theater be a national park? Could it be well, he not? said it's not a national park, just oh. a famous park. It is not a national park. Okay. No. So, famous park from 1965. Correct. Joanna's guessing Lincoln Park in Chicago. It's not Lincoln Park. It is not. Lincoln is not in the name of the park. Yeah. And Lincoln was, Park was named before 1965. Right. So what famous park, it is not a national park, it is a famous park, was opened 100 years to the day from Lincoln's assassination. And I'll state, I'll ask the obvious. It's in the United States, correct? It is indeed in the United States. Yes. Solid question. Yeah. Yes. All right. While you think about that, I will give you uh, one more question. And these, uh, I'm giving you some lead or almost lead characters from TV shows from the 1960s to the 1980s. Okay. So these are lead character names or almost leads in TV shows from the 1960s to the 1980s, American TV shows. Okay. So anybody asked that question. Number one, Bill Davis. Number two, Kate Bradley. Number three, Dr. Morton Chegley. I can spell that. C-H-E-G-L-E-Y. Number four, Henry Rush. R-U-S-H. Number five, Julie Barnes. And number six, Oscar Goldman. So again, these are lead or almost lead characters, character names, on very popular TV shows from the 60s to the 80s. Number one, Bill Davis. Number two, Kate Bradley. Number three, Dr. Morton Chegley. 
Number four, Henry Rush. Number five, Julie Barnes. Number six, Oscar Goldman. And um, I'll give you each one guess. Go ahead, Kira. I have a long shot. Oh, take your long shot because these names don't look familiar. My long shot is Julie Barnes in the Mod Squad. That's it. Mod Squad. Yes. Very happy with that. Peggy, the lovely Peggy Lipton. Yeah. And then Joanne guessed that Kate Bradley is in Petticoat Junction. That's right. Kate Bradley was B. Benadaret in Petticoat Junction. Very good. Very good. Here, I get in here. Right. I was excited when I heard there might be something from the 80s on here, but I <laughs> do not know what it is. Oh, there is one on there. Uh, the 80s on there. So yes, you there say. Are, are they in chronological order that you gave them, Dana? Uh, well, yeah, no. yeah, sort of, kind well, of. Well, Mod Squad is the fifth one. That's an old show. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess so. It's the Mod Squad on. cracked the 70s? That was 60s, wasn't it? No, uh, so. I think it got up to 1970, but uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so once we have left are again, these are lead character names on popular TV shows from the 60s to the 80s. Once we have left are Bill Davis, Dr. Morton Chagley, Henry Rush, and Oscar Goldman. And the first question was, what famous park, not a national park, but a famous park in the United States, was opened 100 years to the day from Lincoln's assassination? Not a coincidence, I will say. All right, and you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We are here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, our panel today, that would be Kira Pace, technical editor, uh, Lori Fisher, who is a teacher at Diablo Valley College. I am your moderator, Dana Rodriguez, and you are listening to us on 91.7 FM. That is KALW, your local public radio station. Okay, and let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Good morning, good morning, Tom and Debbie in Napa today. Hello. Joined, joined by son Henry. So oh, excellent. <laughs> Hi. So, um, you, had a, you had a child since we last talked? He'll be moved to him. No. Um, how many geysers are there in the world? Geysers? Is that what you said? Yeah, like, yeah, like Yellowstone Park type geysers. Turns out they're fairly rare phenomenon. I was certainly surprised by the number. Well, I don't know. Kira, you've been to Iceland. They have a bunch there, don't they? Uh, I mean, there are geysers there. I, I didn't count. I'm going to start <laughs> the bidding at 250 in the world. A nice, low, surprising number. 250. Well, you're smart to go low. It is actually higher than that. Um, it's, a, it's a thousand total geysers, uh, roughly, of course. So what percentage of those geysers are in Yellowstone? Well, what percentage? Oh, I know what you're, you're uh, there was a, uh, there was some article about Old Faithful not long ago in the New York exactly. Times. I got that. That's what you're thinking yeah. of, isn't it? That's uh, exactly what I'm thinking. They probably said this, and of course I don't remember. But They, they did it in the, that little excerpted bite thing they do on the second page of the print edition. Because uh, Yellowstone has fifty percent of all the geysers in the world, apparently. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, yes, crediting the New York Times, and again the Times. Um, roughly, what percentage of the people who go to the Louvre 
uh, go there only to see the Mona Lisa. <laughs> um, it's, it's a fairly high, it's a surprisingly high percentage, isn't it? Yeah, almost, I, I don't know to say depressingly or not, but uh, yes. All right, I'll say, I'll start the bidding at 61%. Keep going. Oh, man. 80%. Yeah, that's exactly that's the, that's really? what they published. In the, it seems like a waste of yeah. a lot of other treasures. But love the show. Thank you for doing it. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Hi to Henry. And let's see. Um, Chris and John. Uh, both said that Bill Davis was Brian Keith in Family Affair, and that is correct. That is correct. So I will hold off on the others for a minute. And um, let's take a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hello, Peter from Florida here. I have, uh, in what way is zero a platypus? Now, I use platypus as my metonym for an anomaly because it's a mammal that lays eggs. So in what ways is the number zero a platypus? I can name several. You know what I'm talking about? Um, well, are you saying something like it's the only number you can't divide another number by? Is that's it something one. Okay. That's one. I'll, I'll retire. Uh, okay. Uh, it came from a different system. Like uh, most most of the Arabic numbers uh, came from India, and I think zero did not. Uh, you know, I don't know about that. I think I was looking that up. I think the Babylonians had it and the Sumerians even before that. And, I, think uh, I, I think it's the only number that does not have a positive-negative ability. You're right. You're right. It does, there's no negative zero. Or positive. Yeah. All, right. All right, I think we've. You're right. You're right. We we redeemed ourselves. We've already did. So, thank you. Are there more? I, I I thought I know another. one. There's no ordinal form of it. You can say first, second, third, but you don't say zeroth. Zeroth. Fair enough. It's just one <laughs> of the not, ways. It's not like any of the others. It's a it's like a platypus. first, second, third. Yeah. Are you disagreeing with that, Kira? I, th- I think I've actually seen an ordinal form, but I I could be wrong, or it could have just been for effect. Yeah, the zeroth. Like, yeah, time. the zeroth law. Of, yes, there is zeroth law of thermodynamics. I know I'd seen it. Yeah, I uh, I you know I asked a mathematician. I said, "Is zero a number?" And he thought for a moment, and he said, "Yes," because yeah. uh, because if you arrange it on a number line, apparently he said it would. You would need, he would consider think, a number. Yeah, and, I think uh, others would disagree with it. Uh, uh, but I, 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 like the, I like the idea. I, uh, the other day, I, I extended the idea of cardinal and ordinal. Do you know what that is, right? Cardinal uh, no. and ordinal numbers? Yeah, oh. like the, the count count versus just the, the name of the number. Yeah, right, right. One, two, three, or cardinal First, second, third are ordinals, and uh, what are ordinal versus cardinal directions? Now we have to. We have to. We have um, to go. 
you have to take ordinal and cardinal direction. Ordinal, cardinal or north, south, east, west. Ordinal or northeast, southeast, southwest, northeast. No, I, I or, or 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 you say, or if you were in your car, if it said turn left, that would be like ordinal, based on your body versus based on you know the atlas or the map. Okay. Anyway, things to think about. All right. Thank you very much. And you're listening to Minds Over Matter. We're here every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. I hope you're enjoying the show. We would love to hear from you. Those two numbers are area code 415-841-4134 or toll-free 866-798-8255. Let's quickly repeat any questions that have not been answered yet. We're a little past halfway. Uh, Kira, start with you. What do you have left here? Okay, so I've given you some lesser-known books by authors, and I want you to tell me the Pulitzer Prize-winning book by the same author. Uh, and all of the authors won a Pulitzer Prize for fiction. Uh, the ones we have left are Dangling Man, Accordion Crimes, Gentlemen of the Road, and The Marriage Plot. Uh, if, if I can interject, uh, Eddie says The Marriage Plot is by Jeffrey Eugenides. Uh, who won the Pulitzer for Middlesex. That is all correct. All right. After that, and I, I want to take another guess at Dangling Man. Mm-hmm. Is it Saul Bellow who won for Herzog? Uh, you are half right. Half it right. Is so it's Saul Bellow. Bellow. Okay, it's Bell- okay, then it's Henderson the Rain King. No. no? Oh, okay, I'll leave out there. Unless oh. he won for, he might, maybe I, he won for no, two as I don't, well. I don't no, know. I now know it, but I'm not going to say it. Since no, tomorrow. go ahead. Finish it off. Mr. Samler's Planet. No. <laughs> okay. I know. <laughs> um, I, my question out there is six, well, now seven uh, men have won the best Oscar for playing veterans or people in the military. And Tom Hanks, who is now on the list, Gary Cooper, Frederick March, and George Scott, people have gotten. I'm looking for three more with one controversial one. That's all I have. All right. And uh, I want to know what famous park, not a national park, but a famous park, was open a hundred years to the day from Lincoln's assassination. That means 1965, April 14th, 1965. And um, let's see. Uh, I gave you some lead character names in popular TV shows between the 60s and the 80s. The ones we have left are Dr. Morton Chegley, Henry Rush, and Oscar Goldman. Um, Right. That's it. And I believe it is Kira's turn. All right. Actress Paulette Goddard had a permanent scar on her left leg. How did she get it? Interesting. Not not congenital, right? Something happened to her. Huh. Was it um, an accident of rather than surgery? You want to it was not surgery. It was not surgery. All right. Was it uh, related to her show business career? Yes. So again, said- actress Paulette uh, Goddard had a permanent scar on her left leg. How did she get it? Did she get it during the filming of uh, something? Oh, no, no. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, she did get it. Well, all right. Let's let's follow up on that question. I think maybe I know, but I'm going to ask this. No, question. no, did I, I want to hear your guess. <laughs> did she get it during the filming of something? Yes. Okay. All right. 
So was the scar on her leg, this is a, this is a reach. Is the scar on her leg the same shape as Rosalind Russell's mouth? It is the same shape as Rosalind Russell's mouth. Uh, because if you remember the scene in The Women, um, uh, Rosalind Russell takes a, a chomp out of Paul White Goddard's leg. Although I thought it was, you obviously think it's staged, you know, not really taking a bite out of her leg. Um, but that that was the only thing I could think of. Uh, she really that, took a bite out of her leg. It left a perfect really? scar. That's no. interesting. I didn't know that. I did not oh. know that. That's oh. right. That's good. All right. Give us another quick question here. All right. Uh, what links the following people? Uh, so there, there, maybe there's more than one thing, but uh, there's one notable thing to me, notable. Uh, the first person is Kyle Gass. That's uh, Jack Black's partner in Tenacious D. Kyle Gass. Uh, Catherine Ross, who uh, I know as Elaine Robinson from The Graduate. Um, actress Catherine Ross. Eva Marie, and uh, I, that's the WWE diva Eva Marie. <laughs> and George Miller III, U.S. congressperson. So what links Kyle Gass, Catherine Ross... Eva Marie and George Miller the third. Is this a geographical thing? Yeah, sort of. Well, if the same George Miller I'm thinking of, he was he was um, the congressman from. Yeah. He was a North Bay congressman. He was in. Um, he was in the East Bay. He was. Uh, well, like, he was like Vallejo, and he was, yeah. that was that. Where we're. Diablo Valley Colleges. He was the congressman for that for years. Was he? Like, okay. Yeah. All right. There's a bridge named after him, but I don't think there's a bridge named after Catherine Ross. No, uh, there's not. Okay. But were they all born in the same place, maybe? No, they were not. No? Okay. And is it something they accomplished by dint of where they lived? Yeah. Yeah, they all graduate they all graduated from Blackmore yeah. or something. Is it something, something like that? You're not giving us any hint at all. No. Right. So, uh, Lori dismissed this, but do they all have something named after them? They do not. Uh, I mean, okay. maybe, but that's not what this is. Okay. All right. Give the if you would get the question once more, please. Sure. What links the following people? Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Catherine Ross, actress, Eva Marie, the WWE diva, and George Miller, Miller the Third, U.S. Congressperson. Hmm. All right. Uh, we have some emails here. Kim and and more than Kim actually are saying Oscar Goldman was the head of OSI in the Six Million Dollar Man. Very good. Yes, that is true. That is uh, played by Richard Anderson. Um, Benjamin is saying that it was Humboldt's Gift, which is the one book Laurie didn't mention by Sullivan. <laughs> And uh, that's correct. Give him, give him yeah. a bell for give him two bells for yeah. that. Thank you. For so that was nice, nice tag team effort between yes. Lori and I'm sorry. What what name did you give? Um, um, Benjamin. Benjamin. Hey, thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, Benjamin. All right, and um, let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Uh, hi, it's KDF from Oakland. And I did guess Beloved Pat and an Octopus. But uh, in honor of um, Veterans Day, in the uh, movie The Great Escape, what 
two actors in real life earned Purple Hearts? Hmm. In World War II or just general in, a, in some conflict? In some conflict. In some conflict. Okay. Did, did Rob, was Robert Ryan one of them? No, he wasn't no. in Grace Day. I, I thought he was the general, no? That Lee Marvin reported to, no? Uh, all right, let me think now. So Purple Heart, That's so it has to be an American. Um, and so, yes, James Garner was a, he was, was he in war or was he in Korea? He was in Korea. James Garner is James Garner is right. Okay, yeah, Joanne got that too. Very good. Oh, I was thinking of the Dirty Dozen. Way to go! Uh, and let's see. Let's think. Who else? Who else could this be? Uh, huh? Not Steve McQueen. Not. No. Yeah. Not Steve McQueen. Um. Shit. Well, James Coburn. No. Um, who else? Another American. What What sort of role did they play? Well, I guess everybody oh, played the same there's, role. Really. A prominent role. Right. Um, no, I just, be, I mean, I, I would take up too much time guessing. Who, who is it? Charles Bronson. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. that. Yeah, and I'd like to put a shout-out to Alan Kuczynski, who was my first real boyfriend, who looked (laughs) just like Charles Bronson. Oh. (laughs) Nice. Okay. All right. Yeah. Happy uh, Veterans Day. The new Facebook. We're putting people together. That's great. And thank you for the question. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. My grandma had such a thing for Charles Bronson. Well... And, and so did our caller. So yeah. we, we I, that might have been why he was a big star. Hard to yeah. yeah. And the two numbers to join us uh, with a question or answer, area code 415-841-4134 or toll free 866-798-8255. Let's see. Is it, uh, you just did your question or did you do a question? I, I did too. Lori. Lori. Just listened to a great podcast called One Year 1977. They had a whole episode about Anita Bryant, and I have two questions as follow-up. In San Francisco, in gay bars all over San Francisco, they invented the Anita Bryant cocktail. What were its ingredients, and what was it replacing? Oh, Kira knows this. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Kira. Uh, It was, uh, its ingredients, I think, were apple juice and vodka, and it was replacing orange juice and a screwdriver. I'm very sad because the only week I was off in October from this show was October 14th, which uh, I consider Pi Day. (laughs) And why why would October 14th be that day? Because that is when Anita Bryant got smashed in the face with a pie. Excellent. Which is covered. And then what well-known writer composed and performed, and on this show they uh, played it, a song called Don't Drink the O.J., which became kind of a local hit by a pretty well-known writer-composer. You mean songwriter-composer? Yes, wrote songs and wrote other kinds of things as well. And was this person gay? I don't know. Is this a San Francisco person? 
this person is very associated with San Francisco, yes. Oh, then, yeah. So, I'm, all right. How about Rod McEwen then? That's it. <laughs> so right. everybody, will, I, I presume it's on YouTube someplace. Don't drink the OJ, which is <laughs> the, the most whimsical, weird, wonderful Rod McEwen piece ever. Very good, Joe. And Dana, nice work. Okay, good job. Yeah. And uh, let me just check here. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, so Robert is wondering if uh, Annie Pru, uh wrote Accordion Crimes and won the Pulitzer for the shipping news. Who's that? You said Robert? Uh, yes, Robert. Nice job, Robert. Listeners. That is yes. all correct. All nice right. Job. Good job on that. Uh, okay. I will give you a very quick question here, and then we'll move on to some other calls. Oh, what is the fastest growing bone in the human body? Is it the femur? Uh, well, it has here leg bone, but, you know, femur that's and leg the femur. bone. That's, that's yeah, the femur. That's Sorry, the femur. I, I used the technical term. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's fine. The leg bone's connected to one of the other bones, right? <laughs> uh, theoretically, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, I guess so, there are like three major leg bones, not counting like patella or anything. So maybe it's like the tibia. I don't know, but I think femur. I don't. I don't usually ask numbers questions because I don't like them, and it's there. So it's sort of guessing, guessing, guessing. But but um, I'll, I'll ask you this one: Most adults have roughly two hundred and six bones. Name them. How many are you born with? Ooh. The number is considerably different. You're born with a. You're born with more, and then they fuse together. Yes. That uh, is true. So, uh, I don't know. I'll I'll start the bidding at a two thirty. All right. Uh, too far off to accept, but good guess. But but in your theory is right, right, Kara? That we we have more than two oh six. Yes, she's perfectly right. Uh, yeah. she, they do I, fuse I, together. I went too high, Lori. I went too high. Really. Yeah, I don't think so. There's a levious look in uh, in Dana's voice right now. I'm going to go with 257, just to be. Uh, uh, still too- can't be accepted. Okay, no. wait, way too hot. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say that. Right. No, uh, most adults, uh, generally speaking, have 206 bones in their body. Um, how many are you actually born with? All right, and, and Kira is quite right that they do fuse together. As you get older. So we'll leave that out there and let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Hi, good morning. This is Eid. So I have two very good questions. Uh, which planet in our solar system called Earth Evil Twin? And I have reason to ask that question Earth Evil Twin. All uh, right. I always get this wrong. It's Mars or Venus, and I always choose the wrong one every single time. So I'm guessing Mars, which will probably be the wrong one. No, Mars is beautiful, and Venus is. Venus is. The temperature of Venus is 900 right. degrees. And it, right, it's because it spins the other way. That's why it's No, evil. no, it just spins the other way. It's why it got, it's not really why it got hot, because 100% of the atmosphere is carbon dioxide, which what causes global warming in Earth. And I'm really worried, very worried that we're heading that direction. If, you know, it is... It, yeah, 100% carbon dioxide in Venus. Not only that, the pressure on Venus is 100 times. So when the Russians send a uh, spaceship and 
some years ago, 1970s, the Swiss ship lasted about a second, enough to transmit a couple of pictures, and it got melted and crushed. Okay, second, a very good question. Uh, which biblical figure? He had two sons. One, his name ben and the other son, Amun. He was their father, and also he was their grandfather. What is the name of this biblical figure? So it's a mythical figure. No, it's real. True, true figure. It was, he had two sons. One, ben one is Amun. So is this, is this, when you say Amun, is that any relation to Amun-Ra? No, that have nothing to do with Egypt. That actually, see, lot of, lot of, lot of interchange of language. Remember, these people lived in Egypt for thousands of years. So there were names that were interchanged. Amun, um, Amun in ancient Egypt was, yeah, actually, name for God. When you say at the end of the prayer, Amen, pretty much it is, Saying God in ancient Egyptian language, true. I thought linguistic for a lot. But let me give his answer because I have a very quick question for that and then we'll hang up. All right. It was Lot, you remember? Sodom and Gomorrah? <laughs> oh, I've heard of it. <laughs> I've yeah, heard Sodom of it. and Gomorrah. He, you, <laughs> know, lived he, it. you know, yeah, if you look at the, the Bible, it's yeah. full of sexual, <laughs> sexual events. Uh, really, it is. But uh, it, it, it's just, uh, all right. We, you know, Let's see. I had very, very quick question about, uh, yeah, um, Amun. Uh, yeah, we really have to do something about global warming because one thing you can do is stop eating meat because carbon di- uh, methane is 90 times as effective as carbon dioxide. And sadly, 200 million tons of methane gas are put in the atmosphere every month because of animals. That's good enough. You've been very good. Always a good show, and I will keep calling you. Thank you. Great, good deal. All right. Take care. Thank you, Eid. Bye. And we do have a couple of lines open. If you'd like to give us a call, we would love to hear from you. We've got, certainly got a few minutes left in the show. Those two numbers are area code 415-841-4134. Again, that's area code 415-841-4134. Or toll free, 866-798-8255. Um, all right. Now, let's see. We have 10 minutes. Okay. We have a, who has a quick question? All right, Laura, you always do. I don't know why you even ask. I don't even know, know why I ask anybody else because you always uh, have a question. There usually has one, but I, I have one that's related to today. In what year was it officially changed that Armistice Day, Armistice Day became Veterans Day? And who was the president who presided over that? Mm. If you get the year, you'll have the president, obviously. Yeah. So what year was it changed? Was Armistice Day because of World War One, and then later on it became Veterans Day to celebrate or honor veterans? What year was that? Well, it was 20th century, wasn't it? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Karen. Well, well yeah, it was because the, the Armistice Day was after World War One. Correct. Right. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut wrote extensively on this. He was very against the shift. Um Shoot. Uh, did this ha- maybe happen in the 60s? It, it did not. Okay. So I think it happened before the 60s, but I think it happened after World War II. Um, so, I mean, I'd just be guessing either Truman or Eisenhower. I'll say Eisenhower. 
That's correct. And what year do you give it a? No, I don't. I don't eight, know the year. Eight year range. Karen, want to give it a guess? No. Uh, no. Yeah. Fifty three. I don't know. Yeah, close. Nineteen fifty four. Eisenhower did it by some kind of agreed upon proclamation. So good work. Hmm. All right. Okay. All right. And uh, let's go to a call. Hi, you're on Minds Over Matter. Uh, hi, it's Bill in El Cerrito. Hi, Bill. Uh, let's see. Lori, uh, did Audie Murphy win an Oscar? He did not. Her, okay. Uh, the Helen back, he did not. I don't think he was nominated, but it's a great oh, no, guess. Okay. Were... okay. And Dana, this famous park that was opened 100 years after Lincoln's assassination, is it by any chance in Washington, D.C.? It is not in Washington, D.C. Okay. Yeah. That's just a, an elimination. And I believe, if I remember what my mother told me, there are about 270 bones that you're born with. Uh, no. Are, no. We getting cl- okay. are we getting closer or farther away? Uh, he is closer. All right. Okay. Um, I have a question in the feline realm. Uh, can you give me at least three unique traits of cheetahs? <laughs> Not Cheetos. Cheetahs. Not Cheetos. <laughs> cheetahs. Mm. Oh. Mm. Uh, I mean, they're extraordinarily fast. All right. Okay, that's that's the gimme. All right. All right. The fastest <laughs> land mammal. Okay. Uh, is this anything, okay, well, I guess this wouldn't be unique then, because I was thinking if they were like the tigers where their skin actually matches their fur in terms of the stripe, uh, the, the color differential. No, um, no. Right. So one of the, there's, there's one that's, that has to do with locomotion that's kind of related to the first one that Kira mentioned. Uh, there's one that has to do with, um, I'm going to call it sound production. Uh, there's one that has to do with its relationship to another member of the animal kingdom. In the locomotion about how the cheetah actually runs, like how its uh, feet come down, unlike other felines? You're getting close. It does have to do with the feet, but not how, it, not how they come down. Okay. So Rita just sent. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Karen. No, go ahead. Uh, Rita just sent an email suggesting that they have retractable claws. It's the opposite. Oh, they do not. Uh, maybe I misread it, so I don't want to. They're, they're claws. Oh, she did. No, I'm sorry. She did say claws do not retract. That was my mistake. Sorry. That is right. They are the okay. only felines who can't retract their claws. Okay. Oh, nice. Well, there you go. Good Excellent. job, Rita. Well done there. Nice work. And are we missing okay, one got still? One more. Hmm. Give us the hint again. Oh, it's the sound one. Do okay. they have like a subsonic or supersonic sound? No, neither one of it's not subsonic or supersonic. It's it's full, fully within the uh, normal hearing range, at least of humans. Oh, do they maybe not have a purr? Uh, again, go the other way and tell me why it's unique. They, they purr, they have harmonic purrs. 
They have like multiple purrs at the same time. They they don't they don't roar. They do not roar like a lion or a tiger. Well, that's that's true of uh, several others. Of all, okay. Actually, it's true of all cats that can purr. They can't roar. So, but what is it about the cheetah that is unique in that? So if I were to say they purr, that would not be unique at all because other cats purr. Um, what else? What other noise would they make? Um, well, not sure. On the right, I mean, it, is, it does have to do with purring. So uh, it's getting late. Do you, do you want to keep going or you want me to give it to you? No, go ahead. Just tell us, tell us what the noise is or what, what you... So cheetahs are one of the two largest felines that can purr. They and cougars are the largest that can purr. Bigger than that, they can't purr, they can roar. Okay. Right. And uh, the fourth one that I was mentioning, they are considered the easiest of the large cats to domesticate. For some reason, they actually trust humans. I don't understand that, but that's what it is. Oh. Trusting heart. Okay. Like other felines. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, let's take that last call uh, so they don't wait online. Hi, you're on Minds Every Matter. Hi, this is Kate in Berkeley. Hi, Kate. I'm sorry, we're almost out of time, but go if it's quick, go ahead. Okay, I believe the park you're referring to is the Civil Rights Memorial. I wish it was, but it is not. Okay, thanks anyway. Thank you, Kate. I appreciate it. Okay, we're going to clean that up in a minute. Uh, Akira is it will battleground? It is not. I'll, okay. I'll explain it in momentarily. Uh, what do, what right. do you have? All right. Well, Gentlemen of the Road was written by Michael Chabon, who wrote The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. That's what he won his Pulitzer for. The thing that links Kyle Gass, Catherine Ross, Eva Marie, and George Miller III is that they are all alumni of Diablo Valley College. Oh, oh. My God! Oh, I'm embarrassed now. I knew, and I knew Catherine Ross and didn't remember it. And George Miller. Oh, excellent question. Um, Academy Award winners for Best Actor who were veterans or people in the military. The ones we got were Gary Cooper, Frederick March, George e. Scott, and Tom Hanks. We missed William Holden in Stalag 17, hmm. uh, John Voight in Coming Home, and then two aren't American: Alec Guinness in Bridge on the River Kwai. He was a prisoner of war, and the one I'm not sure counts. Is Forrest Whitaker in The Last King of Scotland playing General Idi Amin? I would have accepted that or not, but that's the other military person that we have. All right. Uh, the lead, lead characters that nobody got in TV shows from the 60s to the 80s. Dr. Morton Chagley, that was Lloyd Nolan in Julia. Uh, Henry Rush, and this was the 80s. Henry Rush was uh, Ted, um, too close for comfort. Um, I just forgot the actor's name, went right on my head. Uh, from Mary Tyler Moore show. Um, Ted Knight. Ted Knight. Thank you very much. And I think that's it on that list. Uh, the park, the famous park that opened 100 years to the day from Lincoln's assassination, that is Stone Mountain Park in Georgia. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> believe it or not. Stone Mountain Park where the the carvings of famous Confederate leaders. There you go. Yes. I don't yes. think that was a coincidence either. Uh, anyway, my thanks to Kira Pace, technical editor, uh, Lori Fisher, teacher at Dabble Valley College, even though he doesn't know the famous alumni there. 
And I've been your moderator, Dana Rodriguez. Uh, thanks to Joanne Marr for handling the board and phones. And above all, thanks to you out there for taking the time to tune in and call in. We appreciate it very much. And we do hope you will join us next Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Have a great week, everybody.